Hey everybody, it's Mark. Thanks for joining me today. You can see I have a collar on my shirt today. And so that means that I'm about to record a podcast with one of the several industry CEOs. I always like to dress appropriate when in uh, the company of greatness. So with me today on my show is the president and chief executive officer of Worcester Brush and Roller, Ben Maybaugh. Worcester continues to do a terrific job for independent paint retailers. Recently, the growth of that business, as well as other parts of their business, have caused Worcester to decide to make some very serious investments in the future of their business. And I noticed recently that Worcester had announced that they are adding over 600,000 square feet of manufacturing and warehouse space, that's to an organization that was only using about 550,000 square feet previous to that. So nearly doubling their manufacturing and warehouse capacity. And, and so that means that Worcester CEO, Ben Maybaugh, must have a tremendous amount of confidence in the growth that they're seeing in their business to basically double their size is a tremendous investment. And so when I saw that, I reached out to him and asked him to be on. I know he's been on a a couple of times before over the years that I've been doing these. Each time that he's on, uh, he's actually gotten extremely, extremely high ratings uh, compared to some of the other episodes right up there in Dan Calkins' world. So this is a guy that obviously independent retailers like to hear from. And so I was glad to be able to get him on. Ben's a really great dude. And I appreciate his honesty and and how directly he always answers my question. So I I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Before we move on, as always, I'm wearing some swag to start this. I absolutely love, love the swag that Andriot's, and that's in Shelbyville, Kentucky. The owner, BJ Andriot, is a dynamite guy. Despite the fact that BJ is nearly my age and looks a hell of a lot better than me, which I do resent. I wanted to wear his swag today. BJ is a dynamite retailer. He's a large retailer in Benjamin Moore, wallpaper and window treatments, Farrow and Ball. He's just added recently. He's got an absolutely beautiful store in Shelbyville, Kentucky. He's a very large retailer of the Big Green Egg. Uh, The Big Green Egg being that barbecue smoker sort of contraption. He's a very large retailer of that and the products that go along with it. So BJ's got a great business. He was one of the original six revolutionaries, one of the original six Minutemen who jumped on my new program when I started putting websites together. And so I really appreciate BJ. And uh, he continues to do a great job with his business and in making some really nice swag. So thanks, BJ. I appreciate it. And now let's get to talking to Ben Maybaugh. Hey, everybody. It's Mark. With me today on my episode is Ben Maybaugh. Ben is the president of Worcester Brush. Ben, how are you today? Uh, Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So I actually cut you short in the, uh, uh, you know, in the warm-up for this because we, we sort of jumped right into it. So why don't we start where we were? And if we can we can go backwards a little bit. I do have some questions about you know how the COVID economy is affecting you guys, but getting right to the point, you guys are adding a very significant warehouse and manufacturing facility to your complex out there. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, we uh, we're going to be adding six hundred uh, six hundred eight thousand square foot facility on the north side of town. So we're we're on the south side of town. So it'll be about seven miles from where we are today, but it'll be a nice addition. 
uh, to help us grow. We, we will occupy 400,000 of it right away, and then we'll lease out uh, 200,000. And that'll be sort of for our mid-growth. So what, what, what we'll uh, end up with kind of as a short-term, uh, use the 400000 for our use. Uh, midterm is uh, we would have that additional building built ready to go for the next round of growth uh, that we would like to see. And then on the, on the plot of property, there's actually an, a room for an additional 200000 to be built, uh, to be added on to make the building eventually, you know, over 800,000 square feet. So we've got kind of a short, mid and long-term proposition to go. And, and we're really excited about the the opportunities that it will allow us. If you've ever been to our current facility, it started in 1909 and has been added on to, you know, 20 or so times across. You know, across just looking through my mail here, I don't, I don't happen to see any invites. Uh, uh, have you been giving tours of your current facility? I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, we've been slowing that down since COVID yeah. <laughs> uh, started. Uh, but if you ever want to come to town, we'd be happy to happy to show you around and give you a tour. You know, one of the things before we go on, I, I always like to mention to dealers, given the opportunity, paint dealers have a tendency to think of themselves as retailers. But even if you're one, two stores, a smaller organization, I encourage you to think of yourself as a CEO or as the president of your company. And, and Ben, I loved what you had to say, like, this is what we're doing now. This is how it helps us in five years. This is how we're prepared to grow in 10 or 20 years uh, with this decision. That, that kind of planning takes an organization a lot of uh, work. And so you guys should be commended. That probably came from your office. So good for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we uh, try to plan long term around here at Worcester Brush. It's something that started long before I got here. We make most of our uh, big decisions with the long term in mind. And so that's uh, it's a fortunate spot to be in. And it's uh, it's exciting to be a part of that. Um, I should mention we'll break officially break ground on October 20th for the new facility and uh, hope to be completed. That's what I was uh, looking for my invite for. Yeah. Well, actually they're going out today. So uh, oh, there I, you go. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll make it's sure you get one late. of your, it's if you want to come to Worcester here in a couple of weeks, it'll be uh, nice and crisp, a crisp it's fall day probably. I say we hope to have it completed by uh, the end of next year. So it'll uh, in, in total take about 13 months or so to build, you know, assuming raw materials uh, come in right. for the building. How big of an issue has that been for you recently, Ben, the raw materials? Um, you know, from the building part, it hasn't uh, affected us yet as that stuff's still coming. But, you know, like every other business, we are uh, battling raw materials kind of from every every front. You know, one of the one of the great things about Worcester Brush is we kind of view our inventory as uh, just in case, not just in time. And so we tend to hold a lot of a lot of raw materials, a lot of finished good inventory. And so we've been able to manage pretty well, but you know, normally where we'll, we have quite a bit of inventory on each thing, it's probably still substantial compared to what most companies might hold, but but not up to where we like to have it as right. our safety cushion. So we, we're still doing okay every once in a while, you know, new, new uh, opportunities to improve pop up for us raw material wise, but we've been able to, we've been able to maintain and you know, some of the decisions that we made a few years ago, uh, like making uh, wood handles, for instance, here locally, uh, have really paid off now as the time uh, or the crunch happened. And so we don't have to rely on uh, overseas so much for that. Like, What's did. been the biggest problem that you've had, the item that you've really struggled to keep on your customer's shelves through the shortages? 
you know, it, it moves, it keeps moving. And, uh, and so I wish I only had one to talk about, but, um, (laughs) you know, for a while we were tight on, you know, wood handles and that sort of smoothed itself out. And, you know, then different resins that were coming in to make the inner cores or roller covers and, and that sort of worked itself out. And, uh, and so it just keeps moving. Really. The reality is that it just keeps moving and, and, uh, you know, just how easy it used to be to order stuff and get it on time. Things are delayed if they're coming from overseas. Some of our raw materials come from overseas, not a ton, but, you know, enough that, you know, the shipping port delays uh, impact us uh, and and they do. But then, but then, you know, uh, we've been fortunate that we hold enough that, you know, finally they get released and it puts us back in a, in a pretty good situation. So the last time uh, you were on, you had mentioned this, uh, before that Worcester was always known for almost excessive inventory. And you, you feel like that that strategy helped you guys out during this crisis? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, typically we do that in an effort to uh, allow ourselves a lot of flexibility in terms of production um, while also maintaining, you know, what had become standard, a 99.9% fill rate from Worcester Brush over the years. Obviously, the last couple of years, with with the covid uh have have tweaked that a little but right. that's definitely our goal that's where we're shooting can you to get say, back towards can you say where you're at now or would you rather not but we're we're you know largely over 90% but with with every customer but which is pretty good we're not getting yelled at for fill rates right now maybe that's a right. better way to say it right. and you know one of the problems with with being at 90% is the guy calling you is always in the 10% right yeah and, exactly and, and so this has been a really challenging time for most of the executives that I'm talking to. And, and so for you personally, going through this, uh, you've been dealing with the shortages, as we've talked about. I'm sure you're dealing with labor issues and you guys are over 100 employees for sure. So I'm sure you're dealing with HR issues like vaccination and stuff like that. What's been the biggest challenge for you personally over the last 18 months or so of the pandemic? Yeah, I think, you know, the the extra stress that COVID kind of puts on top of everything, by and large, we've been pretty fortunate with uh, the way that, you know, home improvement in general has reacted to COVID. We, you know, most people have seen a sales spike, which is which is a great right. thing. Yeah, but, we all got uh, the break that at least our problem is excessive demand, right? Correct. Yeah, which right. is, no which problem is much is a better. good one, but that, that's a better one than most. Yeah. And so we always try to cap it by saying that, you know, like we are, we are generally fortunate, um, but, but, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've been struggling with the COVID implementation and making sure that we're following all the rules that we need to follow and not just to follow the rules, but really to keep our people safe, you know, um, at Worcester Brush, our, you know, people are our purpose. And so, you know, keeping them safe was really the priority. And last time we talked about how we shut down initially um, to, right. to, to sort of, uh, make sure that we had things in place to keep them safe. And by and large, we've had pretty good success at that. And it still remains our, our focus today. And our number one priority is kind of to keep our keep our people safe. And so, you know, that's just kind of the layer that we've learned to deal with now over the last 18 months is something that just wasn't there before or wasn't in the thought process. And then and then, you know, really the next the next thing I think and the next challenge is um, just people uh, in general, our folks have just been working and working uh, crazy amounts of hours over the last two years um, as it's you know more difficult to find new people now. But uh, but also, you know, our folks are not you can't just come off the street and, and work at Worcester Brush. It takes training and a lot of skill and there's a lot of um, valuable experience. And so we rely on the people that are here a lot 
And, and so just, uh, you know, trying to find the balance of how do we work as much as we can without working too much, uh, to, to, you know, burn our folks out. You know, I, I did a consulting job for a dealer. Now, this is uh, two weeks ago, probably be four or five weeks. If you're watching this when it airs, uh, and he actually has had to start closing his store at three o'clock rather than five 30, because the combination of how much demand they have. Uh, combined with the labor shortages that are existing in the in the city where he is, he just doesn't have the time and the manpower and can't access it to close at 5.30, which was his normal time, and, and have everything ready for 6.30 the next morning when the painters start coming in. And so he actually had to make sort of the strategic move to, to cut two and a half hours of selling time every day just so that they can produce. Have you seen that sort of dramatic experience? What's the, the labor uh, climate in Worcester specifically? It's, you know, in Worcester, it's just like everywhere else. You know, everywhere you go, there's open jobs. And we've seen that at other businesses around. We haven't had to cut back our hours per se, but, you know, the business would dictate that we should work, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But the reality is, is we have to manage uh, the way that uh, that our folks are are working because they are so skilled and so sort of talented. You, you can't just bring them in seven days in a row, you know, and, uh, you know, every every single day. We just can't do it. And so we're we're managing that and trying to keep the overtime at a reasonable level so that they can, uh, you know, still be with their families. Uh, which is the whole reason why they work, right? Is to provide for their family. Right. And yeah. and so the you're talking about the brush and roller making. Those are skilled positions to you. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It's very few jobs where you can just walk in and uh, be good at it right away. Um, you know, brush making, I would say, is, is um, for sure a challenge. Uh, one of the cool things I got to do when I started seven years ago is go around and work at all the uh, positions in the factory. And I spent... Uh, kind of the first three weeks doing that to really learn uh, how to do it. And um, it was it was not very long into it where they kind of didn't want me in the brush making world anymore. Uh, right. I was not I was not helping productivity at that time at all. And 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 really, it's just something that that takes time and, and skill to learn. There's lots of different pieces of of all of our processes uh, that require training to both you know do with your hands, but also to visually understand what you're looking at to make sure that our quality uh, stays where it needs to. And so uh, there's a lot of training that goes into nearly every position that we have. And so one of the things that I thought when I first saw the story about your, your expansion that you guys are undertaking was the balance as a president of the company, and, and maybe there's a board there as well, the balances that you must be considering when you look at investing into a period of demand that's growing so quickly that you know it can't keep up like that, right? I mean, the economy of the United States did not go up 50% on a permanent basis, right? I mean, eventually, you know, this sort of demand is going to ebb. And and how do you balance that with the enormous investments that you guys are making? I don't, I don't know about the real estate and construction in Worcester, Ohio, but I know the word 600,000 feet is a big one, right? So it's, yeah. this is not a small investment. No, it's not a small investment, and and uh, and we are looking at it again over the over the long term. We've got a lot of good things coming from kind of a macro standpoint right now. Obviously, COVID, the COVID spike uh, is one part of that, 
But the other the other um, couple are is people kind of really change their priorities a little bit and have put more emphasis on their home. And we think that that's going to be a longer term deal. And, and while we might not have the full COVID spike, we do think people have changed. The other the other thing that's happening is you've got all the millennial generation, which is really 15 percent bigger than the generation before them, uh, like myself, a Gen X, there's 15% more of them coming in and they all kind of got pushed into home ownership here uh, in the last few years. And they had time to do projects and try projects, particularly painting, uh, where they realized they could do it. And so you've got this, you know, 15% more of people coming into the market, just now reaching that kind of 35 year age. And we look at kind of 35 to 65 as the prime spending years for home improvement. And so you know, when we look at it, we see a lot of good things happening from a macro perspective, not just COVID related, but just uh, from a, from demographics and looking at bigger things that 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 would tend to say, you know, assuming we're we keep be, doing things right, we're going to be yeah. growing and doing things uh, well into the future. We're going to be here for a while. And it's interesting to me when I look at that group and obviously, you know, I'm a paint geek. I'm not a necessarily uh a consumer analyst or a marketing expert of any type, but still, you you see research when you when you look at that group. It it's a group that prefers uh, to buy premium in general, right? They prefer to shop on online, or they're they're beginning to be very comfortable uh, shopping online, and they're and they're very comfortable buying premium products, and so that actually fits in nicely with what. Worcester provides, and also the independent retailers that are generally speaking listening to this, uh, should continue to prosper. For sure, and I, and I think you know we got a lot. We're getting a lot of additional use of our product that maybe we wouldn't have before. When people use a, a Worcester product, uh, they start to understand why it costs a little more because it really makes painting easier. And so all of that use that we're getting now. Uh, people understand why you pay, you know, the extra dollar for the roller cover or the extra two dollars for the brush, because you get that benefit. You know, every day we're we're striving to to pro- provide products that uh, give better results with less effort, right? That's why painters use us. That's why DIYers are are now you know using us more and more as we as we grow. So um, we're excited about the future. You know, even post kind of COVID. Um, uh, not sure. I wish I had a crystal ball to see exactly what it was going to look like, but we feel like there's a lot of good um, uh, momentum coming from uh, behind us to, to help us into the future. And so let's talk a little bit about your uh, independent retailer segment, right? That's a, a big part of your business. You guys are a, a very big player in uh, with independent retailers, the All Pro Group I was a member of for years. Uh, you guys are a very significant supplier to that group. Can you talk about how that business specifically is doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that business specifically is doing better than most this year. You know, I think some of the hardware home centers had a had a jump out um, earlier in in the COVID experience, right? Because the paint stores got shut down, uh, and right. then and so the paint stores really right now are are having even stronger years in 2021 than they did in 2020 for the most part. You know, I'm sure there are outliers uh, across. Uh, and not a lot, the, actually. Yeah. I speak to dealers all the time. There are not a lot of outliers. I, I actually know of, of one store uh, that did close specifically because of COVID. Uh, they had probably 50% of their business came to them every year from, from two particular markets that happened in their town uh, every year that stopped happening. And, and so when COVID hit, 
this dealer literally lost 50% of his business overnight. But for the most part, if you survived the first month, every dealer I know is, is you know, you survived the panic and every dealer I know is doing extremely well right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so that's what we're seeing is kind of that strong growth. And so we're just trying to, you know, provide best we can. We're not back to the, you know, 99% fill rates uh, that we're accustomed, but we're doing pretty well and trying to, to support all of our partners, you know, in the best way we can. And so uh, we're, we're real excited about how our partners on the, uh, on this side of the business uh, are doing. For- how about the, the distributors? That's a big piece of this uh, market for you guys as well. So has, has the changes, have any of the changes in the volume of business that's coming through this segment or, or the way product is currently being distrib- uh, distributed in the United States, whether it's due to shortage or shortages or anything, has anything caused you to take another look at this model and, and consider how you're currently distributing to independent retailers? Well, it's been, you know, the interesting part is a lot of the folks have been buying product wherever they could get it. So the numbers over the last 18 months are a little fuzzy to determine exactly how people would like to buy, you know, what do they want to buy direct? Do they want to buy through a distributor? But the reality is, is, is all segments of the business seem to be growing nicely. Uh, and so we're really, um, you know, trying to support everybody as best we can. And, and uh, you know, I think, Probably some folks bought a little more through distribution than they would have liked, but maybe there are benefits that they saw in that and they'll buy more uh, in distribution and, may, and maybe vice versa. So I'm not exactly sure how the, the mix will exactly shake out over the, over the coming years, but it seems like there's enough business where all segments can win right now. And that's what uh, obviously we're pulling for. You know, when I was a dealer, I bought a lot through distribution and direct, right? There's really good reasons to buy products, even something like a Worcester, which uh, you you may have the volume because it's sort of a core item. Uh, You may have the volume to buy that direct from Worcester and maybe save a few pennies uh, doing that. But but the reality is that it's nice to have every time you need to order something from a Pacoa or a Lancaster, it's nice to know that you always have $500 worth of Worcester products you can throw on there to get your minimum order up so you can make shipping and uh, freight prepaids and stuff like that. So there's definitely reasons to use both. Yeah. And, and that's what we see, you know, with all of our customers is it's very, it's a very unique decision point for each and every one. And it really depends on uh, what factors uh, each one, you know, looks at and values. And, and that's kind of, it, it kind of plugs in. And so we're very happy to be partnered with the distributors we are. And we're very happy to, you know, ship direct. We kind of let the, the end uh, customer tell us how they'd like to buy it. And that's how we'd like to sell it to them. So we're, we're pretty agnostic when it comes to uh, that, that type of business. And, and how about your uh, outside reps and how you sort of project Worcester at shows and national hardware, all pro shows? Have you guys started to do that again or are you still laying low? No, we are out at shows. So this last month was really the first time that we've been um, out and about at shows at, uh, at several different uh, customer shows. And so uh, it's an exciting time for us. It's, it's uh, you know, we like to do things face to face at Worcester. I would say we're a little old school like that. It's it's okay to do them, uh, you know, like we're doing now here. But it's but but we prefer to do business face to face, and that's how our guys kind of get excited, right? It's energizing to be at a show. It's energizing to talk to a bunch of different customers, and so that part is really exciting for us. The other part that's exciting for us is we went through a rebranding about two years ago, 
and we didn't have any shows uh, in right. 2020 to talk about it and, and really right. for the first half of 2021. And so, you know, there's good there's good parts of that as we got through all of our old inventory and, right. and everything. People is were new, happy but, to have anything. We don't care what the label says. Send me a brush. Exactly. Exactly. And so the, these new booths, or the new shows that we're attending here in the last month uh, have the new branding. And it's sort of uh, it's exciting for us to see all that come together, um, you know, sort of finally, as we had this vision two years ago or so when we started the, the project. So it's exciting to see it now uh, fully out there um, at the show level. And Ben, my, my last question, what can independent retailers, you know, you said earlier today, you're do so much planning for the future. What can independent retailers expect to see in the coming years from Worcester? It sounds like you've got quite a bit planned. Yeah, you know, I think we've got a focus on new product development that's going to hopefully kick into gear here as that's been a renewed focus over the last couple of years. We've always had industry first and we've been an innovator throughout time and we really want to push that. Um, So, you know, I think you'll see some innovative stuff coming from Worcester Brush. I think you'll see our desire uh, is very much to get back to uh, those 99.9% fill rates uh, so that you're not uh, out of stock when you need to sell something. I think that's really what we're striving to get towards. And, you know, amidst all of that, um, we're never going to sacrifice our quality. You know, we were around 170 years because we've been making pretty good stuff. Uh, and um, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. As long as I'm making and our folks are making the best products in the world, people are still going to need them and want to buy them. And so I think you can expect the quality level to stay to stay where uh, everybody's accustomed to, which is right at the top. So. We, obviously, we hope to grow as our partners grow. And, you know, I think the independent channel is growing. It's faster, faster than any parts of the business right now. And so we, we appreciate uh, all the partners on that side. So, Ben, uh, as we get ready to wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts, anything you're looking to say to uh, independent paint retailers? Uh, yeah, I think I think mainly we just want to say thank you for the for the continued support and the business that you guys have provided us. Uh, we are striving every day to get back to the levels we want to get back to, um, so that you guys can fully support your customers in the same way. And so, so uh, we just want you to know that we're committed to that, and we're committed to you getting back to where we need to be and shipping you fully and uh, and maintaining that quality level. And so we just appreciate the partnership from all of all the folks uh, that might be listening to this um, and from really from all of our customers. So we're, we're fortunate to, to be where we are, you know, in the midst of all the COVID craziness and, uh, and be uh, appreciate all of our partners that have helped us sort of navigate through and given us some grace when things weren't perfect and, uh, and allowing us to sort of get back to a to some, somewhat acceptable level now, but not acceptable. It's not acceptable to us. We're going to get back to where we've been traditionally. And that's, that's really our goal. And so if the supply chain could just smooth out slightly for all of us, uh, we could get there here uh, sooner than later. So I just wanted to really, really say thank you more than anything. Well, Ben, uh, Ben Maybaugh, uh, president of Worcester Brush in Worcester, Ohio, that a uh, great way to end it. So I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time too. It's always, always good to see you and talk to you.